Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, a little change of schedule today. We're going to talk a little bit about Mike McCarthy's press conference. Uh, We'll do cornerbacks tomorrow, but how are you doing today, buddy? Good. Uh, I'm, you know... Taking off all my battle gear from all the scrapping, I was assuming that we were going to have to do about cornerbacks, sure. and uh, we we're going to discuss uh, some of the comments of Mike McCarthy, like you said, uh, which you know is good because I, it's good to get some. Uh, it feels like we haven't really heard anything from the coaching staff in a while, except for these kind of very, uh, you know, sanitized interviews that they'll throw up on on Cowboys.com, where they all of them were collectively saying. I don't know yet. We're still in the evaluation process of these players. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. you don't really get any kind of information. So it was good to kind of circle back and maybe get at least a few nuggets out of them. Yeah, so let's go ahead and break down a little bit of Mike McCarthy's press conference. It wasn't very long. It was about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, but there was some interesting nuggets out of that uh, out of that uh, time. Let's go ahead and start with uh, maybe the one I think is the most relevant. Uh, McCarthy talked about wide receivers Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb. And that how that's one of the team's priorities is to bring back both of these guys before the start of free agency. McCarthy specifically pointed out Cobb, uh, saying he thought his film from last year was incredible. He looked significantly more explosive than he did over the previous seasons. Um, what do you think about McCarthy? You know, basically putting it out there that hey, we want Amari back, we want Randall Cobb back, and we're going to try our best to do so. I mean, you know, first off, you can't be surprised. I mean, you know, just knowing the relationship that McCarthy has with with Randall Cobb, or at least you know the fact that he had had him on his team previously and liked him as a player, uh, and then just knowing how much Amari Cooper is a fit for what they're trying to do, I, I think the idea that they would want both of these guys back and that they'd be uh, vocal about it isn't terribly surprising. Um, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe the surprising thing, and, and I mean, I, I'm going to be speaking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I think maybe the surprising thing about it is that he spoke so, um, I don't want to say confidently, but like, you know, like uh, uh, just so very matter-of-factly that, that they yeah, that they yeah. wanted these guys back. You know, normally there's a little bit more uh, 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 kind of shadow boxing going on or, or at least a, a little bit of, well, you know, we'd love to, but no, no, no. I mean, they sounded pretty, like, you know, confirmed that they wanted both of those guys back uh, to come back for next season. So that, that's just, yeah. that was just interesting to me. We've kind of had conversations about this in some of our DMs and stuff. But it does feel like the Cowboys are waiting to find out about the new CBA before they make any deals. But we kind of have a sneaky suspicion that maybe they already have a deal in place for Amari Cooper, and they're just waiting for that CBA to be finalized, right? I kind of think the same thing about Dak to a certain degree. Yeah, you know, maybe, I, I mean, maybe a little bit less so, but maybe you know, around they might have around the number that I, they're trying I think to that, get to. I think the numbers are figured out. I think that the question is the years and the structure because it's all right, based right. on like the actual particular minutia of contract language that's in the CBA that may dictate how they are able to 
you know, spread out the numbers for, for both of these deals, you know, because the thing is, is that in the final uncapped year, they have the 30% rule. And for those that don't know, the rule basically, it says that you can't go, you can't increase any year to year more than 30%, I think is what it says, basically. Yeah. And so basically what that does is that it really kind of, it really kind of kneecaps your ability to uh, craft these uh, uh, contracts in a way that allows you the kind of outs that the Cowboys like to have, where they can roll money here and there, and basically, uh, you know, make the money more liquid and make it uh, more able to create space. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the CBA, you know, we're hearing that it's getting voted on. Uh, you know, that may be something the NFLPA regrets later, but yeah. if it gets done, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that a whole bunch of these done, deals get done kind of white, right in a row because now they know exactly the way that the contracts can be uh, uh, put down. Yeah, it's also worthy to, to mention that McCarthy pointed out the front office as being super organized uh, and that he's really impressed with how quickly they can get things done. That makes me just feel even more confident that they already have numbers in mind for these guys. And as soon as that CBA is finalized, they'll have both these guys and probably Cobb under contract. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about Dak. Uh, McCarthy spoke a lot about Prescott. Um, He mentioned that uh, to win Super Bowls, defense gets you to the Super Bowl, but it's quarterbacks that win you the Super Bowl. Uh, He mentioned he thinks Prescott is one of these guys that can take over games, and he believes he is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Um, I mean, we we know, you know we knew going into uh, the hiring of Mike McCarthy that uh, he was going to like Dak. Uh, this fit was going to be pretty good for both sides. Any just thoughts on McCarthy talking about Dak today? No, I mean, I you know it's 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 not surprising that he feels that way. I, I think that Dak was clearly a part of the uh, you know the draw for him to come here. I mean, oh, besides yeah. besides the actual job itself. Having an established quarterback. I mean, look. You know, I think we've talked about this before. To me, Dak's un you know unnatural ability or his you know, trump card or whatever you want to call it is his ability to improve, to continue to mm-hmm. improve, and 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 he's shown the ability to kind of take leaps from year to year at, when he, when it works out right. So, I, you know, I I think that McCarthy sees a guy who's on the rise, who sees a guy who fits kind of what they want to do. Um, and, and, you know, I think a little bit more than uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe a, a little bit more of a kind of, uh, you know, kind of modern r- offense that's got a little bit more uh, quarterback running elements to it as well. You know, so I, I think it's 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 interesting because it, it, it he is a very different quarterback than what he had in Aaron Rodgers. But I think it's a, a different ball of play to work with. But I think they both find good ways to fit into the kind of offense that McCarthy likes to run. Yeah, when you mentioned Aaron Rodgers uh, in comparison to Prescott, the first thing I thought is think about the difference in coachability between the two players, right? <laughs> I mean, Rodgers is way more talented. He's way more gifted. But I don't think him and McCarthy really ever saw eye-to-eye on certain things. Like it, McCarthy is a quarterback guru by almost every sense of the word, right? But – He's somebody who needs to have a guy that's willing to learn and willing to take criticism. For whatever reason, I don't feel like that's Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, I think I think Rodgers always has had a chip on his shoulder, and we're not going to make this the Packers show. But the other thing, too, is that people forget is that Rodgers – McCarthy was the offensive coordinator of San Francisco when Rodgers got drafted. Correct. and And Rodgers never forgave San Francisco – 
for not drafting him number one overall over Alex Smith. Uh, And and from what I understand, he held McCarthy very much responsible for that, even after he came over to the Packers. So, you know, I I think that this is a a quarterback that he feels like will actually take to coaching, like you mentioned, as opposed to a guy who is supremely talented, but, you know, doesn't really seem interested in listening to coaching unless it, it fits what he already has in his mind. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break here in a second, but I, I kind of talking about Aaron Rodgers really quickly. I found it funny today that uh, his pushback against the CBA was taking away practice. Like he wants fewer practices, fewer mini camps, fewer training camp practices. Uh, just that's not that surprising to me, right? Yep. Aaron Rodgers feels like he can just show up in any game and he's going to be the best player in the field. He doesn't need all these practices. Yeah. Uh, I just found that interesting. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys offense. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, maybe one of the biggest things that I uh, was impressed with today from McCarthy um, was talking about Kellen Moore. Um, he was saying how the, the Cowboys offense was really good last year, so there's no sense of trying to change everything for a new head coach. Uh, a, a lot of the verbiage is going to be the same. A lot of the plays are actually going to be the same. McCarthy just mentioned uh, you know, we might be changing the sequencing up a little bit of it. Uh, that has to be great news for a Cowboys fan as you know, all, the places are, you know, all the pieces are in place uh, to have a good offense next year. And, you know, maybe the little tweaks are what's going to help the Cowboys go from, you know, the sixth best offense to maybe the second best offense in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the big thing here for me is, you know, uh, is play play call sequencing. And I think that's mm-hmm. really where, you know, McCarthy is uh, going to probably put in his, you know, spin on things or you know, made his influence felt you know, that's the thing, again, not to kind of go over what we've talked about before, but, one, you know, one of the things we talked about at the end of the season where when Jason Garrett got fired is that we really hated to lose some of the momentum that was created by this offense and, mm-hmm. and Kellen Moore and, and, and you know, the, the kind of chemistry that was there uh, just because, you know, the, the, the head coach needed to go. And, and so it, it was really refreshing when not only did McCarthy rehire uh, uh Kellen Moore, but gave him the play calling duties. I think you know that shows you what he thought about the guy. And and, and you know, look, we had he you know, used Kellen Moore's example in that SI uh, article or Peter King article that uh, interview that he had done, where he talked about uh, an RPO that that Kellen Moore had designed. And, and and you know, 
at the time we weren't sure if this was like a you know trying to lure the Joneses to get him to hire to hire him as the head coach or, or what. But I, I think now yeah. looking back, it clearly shows that this is a guy. And, and also, honestly, going back and studying the coaching trees and finding out that you know both of these guys' coaching trees kind of go back to Paul Hackett, and there's some crossover there between Kellen Moore and uh, Mike McCarthy. I think that really kind of drove home the fact that this this is a guy who's a fan of this offensive coordinator. You know, this is a guy who yeah, w- yeah. was was enjoying what he was doing from afar. So uh, it, it sounds like at least he's saying all the right things uh, for a guy that is trusting uh, his offensive coordinator to kind of continue to make headway into what is already a a pretty exciting young offensive coordinator career. I have to say. I mean, the offense. Say what you will about the Cowboys' offense. That was a pretty uh, impressive performance for a first-year offensive coordinator. Yeah, a couple other little notes from McCarthy's press conference. Um, he mentioned that Ezekiel Elliott is going to get the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not surprising. Um, but it, he didn't necessarily mention how he's going to get the ball a lot. And I think that's maybe what um, is going to be different, right? I think you're going to see uh, maybe more passes to Ezekiel Elliott in this West Coast offense. Maybe you'll see him, rather than 300 carries and 30 receptions, Maybe it's 280 carries and 50 receptions. That's something that remains to be seen. Uh, and talking about Elliott, he actually mentioned uh, going to more two-back sets with the Cowboys. He was really impressed with what the 49ers did last year. <clears throat> Excuse me, with uh, you know their stable of running backs in combination with Kyle Huszczyk. Uh I'm, I'm just wondering now, if the, are the Cowboys going to be maybe more open to finding that H-back type of guy? Um, we'll see. But I think it's pretty clear that he wants to find ways to get Elliott and Pollard on the field at the same time. Any thoughts on that? I, I'm excited. It, uh, honestly, as a guy that has been, uh, you know, pushing for an H back, fullback situation that that could, you know, actually be a little bit more versatile. I'm hoping that that also means something there as well. Um, you know, I, I just think that there is a uh, there is a u- utility to using uh, two running back sets, and that there is a lot of ways that you can create mismatches by f- uh, kind of forcing the defense's hand to put. Uh, lesser coverage players or, or, or players that they think that they need to have on the field to defend the run maybe against two-back sets uh, and then throwing out of that situation. I think, you know, analytics has shown two-back mm. sets are, are can be quite deadly to throw from. Yeah, it's one of the most underused formations in the entire league or personnel groupings. Um, just like to see the Cowboys maybe use it more, especially if, you know, if they go into the season with just Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz at tight end, uh, I, I don't think you want those guys playing 80%, 90% of the snaps. Find different ways to just have three receivers and two running backs on the field. I think it would give some defenses some problems. Um, last thing, he, uh, Mike McCarthy talked about special teams uh, and how it's a priority for him. He said the, the roster uh, is going to reflect how important special teams are. Uh, I, I just thought that was important. Um, because obviously I preach about how bad the Cowboys special teams was last year, um, but it's good to see that McCarthy is probably going to follow through with that. Uh, you know, one of the first things he did as a head coach for the Cowboys was go out and get uh, Bones Fossil, right? One of the best special teams coaches in the league. So it, it appears that uh, his actions are matching you know, the words that he say, says at a press conference, and I, I just thought that was meaningful. Um, any final thoughts on McCarthy before we lo- move on? No, I, I, I thought that, yeah, we got a little bit of good information in there, kind of more uh, confirming, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what we had hoped 
uh, and I guess we just need to kind of continue to see the, if actions meet the same words that we've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Did you see his quote about going out to Oxnard? I think it was next week. He, he's planning on going out to Oxnard uh, just to look at the facilities, uh, talk to the people there because he wants no surprises when it comes to training camp. He wants to know exactly how the facility is laid out, uh, how the practice field are set up. So I think it just goes to show you how detail-oriented uh, Mike McCarthy is, and I think that's a good sign for the Cowboy fans, right? Yeah, I hope he calls me. We can go give him a beer or something. There you, so. there you go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some combine measurements from this morning. Uh, the defensive ends, defensive tackles, and linebackers all uh, measured in. I believe today is when the wide receivers do the bench press. Tomorrow is our first on-the-field drills. Um, I don't have a ton of takeaways from today's measurements, but there's just a few guys I wanted to mention. Clavion uh, Chason. I know I pronounced his name yesterday wrong. Is it Clavon Chason? Clavon Chason. Clavon Chason. There you yeah. go. I'll get it right eventually. Yeah. Um, Came in with little shorter arms than we expected. I think it was right at 32 inches, I believe. Uh, was that surprising to you? It was a little bit surprising, uh, just because I, you know, watching him, uh, you know, over on, on tape, you, you don't really get the uh, uh, the sense that he has short arms necessarily. I mean, uh, I think he uses his hands very well, and 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 those, and it can often be. Uh, uh, a part a, a strength for him, not not a, necessarily a weakness. I, I did say that I did notice that he did have uh, uh, you know kind of a longer uh, wingspan than than is mm-hmm. normal for a thir- guy who has thirty two inch arms. But I, I, the, lar- the larger part, and, and you pointed this out too, is that you know arm length is not as much of a indicator of success for pass rush. You know, as no. as other things, as as athleticism or you know other no. aspects, production, you know, is so. You know, I, I I still like what I see from that guy. If anything, I feel like well, maybe maybe that makes sure that Clavon ends up, you know, kind of where the Cowboys want him if they want maybe. him. Maybe, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not thrown off by that. I I am still upset that he's not working out. We will get to see him eventually at the LSU workout, but. Uh, I, I tend to think that no, that's that's uh, it's surprising, but it certainly isn't disheartening or disqualifying. It, it is funny to me that Zach Bond ended up having longer arms than that is Chase funny. on. That's funny. Yeah. I, I did uh, not expect that. No, it's just but but the, just but what, the, the big number there is I think that you know it, it's probably being overlooked because his arms number was surprising, but he showed up at two fifty four. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. that's that's a good sign, you know, because I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that he just bulked up for the way in. Like, I'm assuming that's what he's going to end up working out at, 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 you know, when his LSU pro day comes in. Uh, and if he's if he blows it up at 254, uh, yeah, sign me up all day. Did you see this new rule they have uh, for testing now that you get weighed right before you run the 40? I thought that was interesting because. Uh, you know, there's a couple days stretch in between this. I'm, I was always curious about, you know, which guys drink a couple gallons of yeah, water. Before get the water weight out. Yeah. Yeah. I just I thought that was interesting. Just a cool little uh, wrinkle the combine had. A um, couple other little ones. AJ Epinesa uh, came in at six foot five, uh, 275 pounds. I actually like that better than what his listed weight was. I think he was listed at like 280 pounds. Um, I, I just think he's probably somebody who. Uh, was trying to cut some weight for the forty. Um, you know, that's it, it's interesting to see that. Uh, he, uh, just massive, massive guy. Thirty-four and a half inch arms, eighty-one inch wingspan, um, ten inch hands. Uh, he he was he was surprising to me. Anybody else that stood out to you in the weigh-ins? Uh, 
Uh, let's see. Um, How about Raekwon Davis? Yeah, six, I mean, six three eleven. I was surprised that Raekwon Davis's arms were as short as they were. I I was expecting his arms to be coming out a little bit longer too. But I, I do think that that is a uh, he came in everything else very very yeah. well put together like eighty five inch wingspan. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, if Rod Marinelli was here, he would have loved Raekwon, right? Yeah. He would have just saw that athleticism and loved it. Yeah. I, I wonder what kind of – I wonder if Raekwon doesn't end up being a, a better pro than he was, you know, his senior and junior year in college because uh, there's just – he has so much going on athletically, uh, and it just was a decided lack of production these last two seasons. He probably needs to be a five technique, right? That's probably I, his best spot. Maybe so. Maybe that's just maybe that's just it. Is that he needs to work more as a two gapper and then just be able to occasionally go and rush the passer. That's mm-hmm. and that's where his strength will be. Sure. Uh, any other guys? How about Uter Gross Matos? Yeah, very long. I mean, that's that's the thing about those guys is that it was surprising in general that that both him. Uh, and uh, Epinesa came in as so much longer. I mean, they, I knew you knew that those were going to be big guys, right? You knew that those right, were going to yeah. be uh, the guys that come in. That's that's their, you know, that's the way they win. That's the way that they, you know, that they get by is using that length, using those hands. Uh, so I guess it was just a little bit surprised just how much length they have there uh, because the, both of those guys, I mean, those are like basically offensive tackle numbers essentially. Yeah, six five, two sixty six, thirty five inch arms, eighty two inch wingspan. I mean, just. Incredible, and then I've, you know, again I've heard he's going to test as a ridiculous athlete. I still don't know where to slot him. I mean, because where where do you put a guy that has that much production in college that's that athletic? I, I don't know. I, Seventeen still feels a little rich to me just because he looks so raw on yeah. tape. Um, but he's not getting out of the first round. There's just no way, right? Yeah, it's it's. I just can't imagine it. But I agree. Like seventeen seems. Oof. It seems like a little too early to be taking him. It just feels like he's not going to help you for the next year or two, right? I mean, I feel like he's further away than Chase on is as a pass rusher, actually. Yeah, and, and actually, you know, the, another name this kind of that popped out as far as weight is, and, and this is, I mean, the size has never been an issue with, or at least the, the body type's never been an issue with this guy as much as injury. I thought Terrell Lewis came in. Oh, yeah. Really great, great numbers, man. I mean, 6'5", 2'8". 262 with 30 almost 34 inch arms and almost uh, a 83 and a half uh, inch wingspan. I mean, it's just long and tall and you know, he has all that athleticism. I mean, he has serious injury concerns, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. but I think as far as a uh, uh, athletic profile, I mean, that looks like a first round pass rusher right there. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Lewis ends up falling to, you know, maybe the 40s or maybe even the 50s, but uh, you know that's somebody with you know just insane body and athleticism. I'm sure he's going to test really, really well on Sunday. Yeah. Um, just other, I mean, guys that I find interesting: Akeem Davis, Davis Gaither, the linebacker from Appalachian State. Uh, I like him quite a bit. He came in at 224 pounds. That doesn't worry me anymore in today's NFL because yeah. you got to be able to cover. you got to be able to run sideline to sideline. That size just really doesn't bother me considering we've seen guys like Deion Jones and Telvin Smith and Miles Jack have a lot of success in the NFL. So uh, those guys just don't scare me anymore. 
There's a lot um, of room then, for those guys in the, NFL, in the yeah. modern NFL now. There wasn't before, you know? Yeah. And let's let's finish up with this guy. Uh, Clemson's linebacker, Isaiah Simmons. Oh, man. <laughs> 6'3 and a half, 238, 33-and-a-half-inch arms, 82-inch wingspan. I mean, they might rename the combine after him, right? Like, after he destroys uh, what all the drills he's going to do? Yeah, I mean... It's interesting that I mean they putting putting him in in with the linebackers seems extremely unfair, <laughs> like because he's just gonna like make everybody else look ridiculous, you know. So well, would you put him at the safety spot? He I think he would look just as good as all the other safeties at forty pounds heavier than those guys. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I I that's why I kind of almost would put him with the safeties is just <laughs> to show you how ridiculous he is. I mean, I think with the linebackers, it's just like it's gonna be like okay, this guy doesn't deserve this guy doesn't doesn't. <laughs> Shouldn't even be in the same group as these guys because he's just well, a different kind of athlete, you know. It's like yeah, I I, I just can't imagine Antoine Winfield and Isaiah Simmons going in the same <laughs> drills, right next to each other. Uh, Maybe true, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I I, I think it's he, he, you could put him anywhere, and he's gonna embarrass all kinds yeah. of world class athletes, probably. Oh, man. This is why football is fun. Players of all different shapes and sizes uh, can come in and have success, and that's why we love the combine so much. Indeed. Um, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we will be previewing uh, some cornerbacks uh, that the Cowboys could potentially pick at 17, 51, maybe somewhere in between. Uh, we will have a lot of discussions about those guys. I'm excited to, to debate Landon about some of these cornerbacks. Oh, boy. Uh, make, yeah, well, I, I think for the most part we agree, but there might be one guy that we differ on a little bit. Maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Uh, you can listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Make sure you guys are doing that. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.